Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Questions podcast here on Fancy Football Scout the show where we aim to answer all the burning questions, all the hot topics in the F- inland of FPL the day after the game week has ended or the day of the last game for anyone who still has Wolves or Fulham players to play this evening. Harry here, Andy, you were out last week. You've had a green arrow, yet you still seem to be complaining to me about your score this week. Yet a lot of us are sat here with red arrows and we would love to be sat on a green arrow. So don't sit here complaining that you're captain blank when you're on a green arrow. Apart from that, how are you doing? Nice to have you back. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, good to see you, my friend. Uh, I'm very surprised that there are a lot of red arrows. I thought a lot of people had just like medium-sized, let's call it orange arrows. Um, but I thought you definitely had a green arrow for some reason, Harry. But I guess the Arsenal players made a big difference. So, yeah, I yeah. guess I'm moving up and you're moving down the way you <laughs> <it> should be. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it was Arsenal really for me this week. Um, we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, if someone could just give us a volume sound check in the chat that would be great we fiddle around with it before the stream so it should be fine but if someone could just give a little bit of a thumbs up that would be awesome in today's show we're going to cover three teams really we're going to cover Spurs we're going to cover Arsenal and we're going to cover Chelsea as well three teams that there is a lot of talk about this week so that's what we're going to do um yeah that's what we're going to do today but before we have a look at that Let's have a look at how we've actually got on so far this week. So scores up on screen. I'm on 40 with two to come off my bench for me. So that'll be 42 because there was a no show from Jared Bowen at all. Um, Yeah, man. To be (laughs) fair, like I wasn't too worried because Archer I thought was an okay fixture. Um, I mean, it is what it is. No Arsenal and Triple Villa is is what killed me this week. Um, That that Villa-Spurs game... To have four players in that and to come out of it with eight points is yeah. pretty not yeah not exactly what I wanted to see. But apart from that, I brought in Embuemo for uh, Matoma this week, who of course didn't feature either. Uh, rolled my second transfer, Gabriel, my only defensive return. Again, those guys look so good. We'll talk about their defense later on, and then yeah, Harlan captain. At least I got something right this week. Yeah, just for reference, you guys, uh, this is a behind-the-scenes look at sort of what the chat between me and Harry looked like. I said, uh, uh, Harry, I got somehow got a green arrow this week without captaining Holland, and uh, Harry's response was, my guy's getting, my guy's saying where are points while on a green arrow. Get the, get the out of here. <laughs> and then it went on and on. On and on. He it said, says, oh, cry, I... me a, cry me a river. <laughs> yeah. He, he was complaining so much. Just, I haven't got enough points this week. Oh, uh, it's going to be awful. Uh, my captain blanked. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to sit here and have this. Yeah. And uh, before, I mean, we talk about our teams, I need I need to get something off my chest, Harry, because uh, we potted two weeks ago. By the way, great episode with Luke. Shout out, Luke. Um, what I'm a big fan of him uh, as well. And yeah, so two episodes ago, I thought we had a really good pod, Harry. And then, you know, a lot of positive comments and this and that. And one of the most liked comments was, 
Andy is subtly very sneaky, as he always recommends people to make moves while he would never reveal anything fully. Don't trust him. So I feel <laughs> yeah. like I want to address this. I mean, it hurt a little bit. Um, not going to lie. We're, we're here to try to help you guys in any way possible. I mean, there's the title of Pro Pundit. There's the title of, let's call it expert, but there's no real That's expert not- in FPL. Let's be real, right? Like, we're here having fun, potting, and I think maybe I was a little too hyped up on Reese James, and of course he gets a red card to make this comment even more lively. And um, yeah, I just want to say that, you know, if I came off that way, I'll I'll try to be a little bit more... <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you, to you're say. Gonna, right you're going you're gonna to have to tell yeah. us exactly what you're doing this week. I hope at the end of the pod, you're going to exactly. make your transfer live on stream about what you're going to do. Reese James, exactly. is, uh, James yeah. we spoke about the risk with Reese James, but the risk we never spoke about is him getting sent off, right? Which was never like, you can't have a risk like that on any player. So that was you know very unfortunate. But yeah. And also one of the things, Harry, is that we go live on Monday and it's like, there's so much time for us to marinate our thoughts and like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Of course, of course, Reese James is a difficult pick, right? Of course, we knew the, the you know Saliba is much more of a safer pick, but yeah, definitely, I'll try to be a little bit more you know direct in in my statements instead of saying hyping up a player and then obviously not going for him. But I, I was genuinely concerning him, and I, I thought he played a good game uh, previous to this game against Man City. So maybe we were I was hyping him up a too much, but yeah. The only thing, um, the only good thing, the only not good thing for owners, but it's like when people talk about Mbwemo, he's got a blank. Like Reese James being not playing next week, it, you know that's effectively his rest, right? It's like Mbwemo, every player, or sorry, Burmo, or whatever he pronounces his name by from that video on Twitter, which I still can't get right, and I still get slated for it. It's, it's Anyway, him is that, Every player over Christmas is going to miss a game, probably. The chances of, every, mm-hmm. of a player playing every single game between now and whatever it is, January the 5th, where their game week ends, the chances of every player playing that period of time is pretty slim. Someone like Burmo, where he's got a blank, you basically get it guaranteed that that's where he's going to get his rest. With Reese James playing game week 14, 15, 16, the chances of him playing all three of those games was pretty slim. The mm-hmm. positive lens on this is that you now know which game he is going to miss, right? You're now pretty confident that he's going to play game week 15 and game week 16 as well. So there is a slight positive for it. Of course, if you own him, you've got minus three points. So, you know, that's not a positive. But at least you're not going to get... I imagine he doesn't get benched for one of those other two games. So now you know which it is that, you know, Gusto is likely to play this weekend if he's if he's back fully fit for it. So, yeah. Nice. It's, I mean, what, it's, it's what convinced me. It's yeah. what convinced me to buy. I was, I had a little bit of a waiver on Burmo last week, and then I decided I bought him this week. There was part of me thinking, oh well, if he has the blank, let's say he doesn't get the double, which we are expecting to be announced this week. If we don't get it this week, the percentage chance does like drop a little bit or considerably, as Luke was saying last week. If we don't get it this week, um, mm-hmm. but the blank basically is his guaranteed benching which I can get someone off my bench for, although it's Archer away at Villa, like it can happen. And the double would have been City away that gets added in. If I'm not buying him because he has City away, then because he doesn't have City away, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. No, good perspective. And also, I guess the positive is that if, you know, hopefully he starts 16-17 where you really want Reese James to play. And Hmm. before his red card, he was playing 
pretty solid on the right side, right? Um, yeah. Pretty isolated as well. So, yeah, I don't think it's a bad pick. Let's just wait and watch. It was just very unfortunate he got a red arrow. Yeah, yeah of course. So, just before we dive into the pod, we just want to highlight yellow cards because we're at, I suppose, the point of the season where there starts to be a lot of players starting to amass four yellow cards. So what we've got up on screen is, is all of those players. A few of the highly owned ones to talk about. So Cash up there on four yellows. A lot of people looking to get off him this week. Branthwaite, if you're looking for a cheap defender at um, Everton, also on four yellow cards. Raheem Sterling on four yellows. A few other highly owned assets in here. Kieran Trippier, Eight Nori, Issa Kabore and Bruno Fernandes as well. So as a uh, Trippier non-owner, someone who's looking to buy him, I just, I really hope he gets booked this weekend, right? He gets booked against Manchester United. He misses the Everton game. Then he walks into Spurs away. Then I can buy him for at least 0.1 cheaper than he is now. I look at my transfer plans over the next few weeks and I'm like 0.1, 0.2 short of everything I want to do, which involves buying Kieran Trippier. So I just need him to be suspended, wow. to get a yellow card this weekend and everything will fall into place. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what it has come down to. And I think uh, we've been in situations like that previously as well, my, personally as well. So yeah, good luck to you on that. I, hopefully he gets a yellow card for your sake. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, he'll, he'll miss the Everton game, which is probably of all the games. And then if he misses Everton, right? Do you know what happens if he misses Everton? That means we can start well, Livermento as well. <laughs> in the one feature that I want him so I'm basically if um, yeah if Livermore if uh, Trippier could get booked against uh, Manchester United this weekend miss Everton so I can play Livermore in that game perfect be back for Spurs drop in price and I can bring him in for Fulham at home in game week 17 it's almost like it's meant to be um, so yeah let's see what happens yeah, I mean, issue for me there is that I have two Arsenal defenders in Crystal Palace who all have good fixtures as well. So maybe I'll be playing a four-four-two. Who knows? In in oh, fifteen, yeah, interesting perspectives. Yeah, yeah. It's not gonna. Well, to be honest, it's one of those things that at this time of the season, it's not impossible that players deliberately get booked to miss certain games. If he's got mm -hmm. you know that Spurs fixture, he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be missing that one. So he doesn't want to get booked against Everton. The Everton game is the midweek game as well. So, you know, that's a lot of minutes for him. But yeah, as uh, Joshua says, that is pure FPL overthinking that. And I do not disagree with you. But uh, I can dream. Well, do you actually think that players think that way, Harry? Uh, like, well, that's my thought with like Cash this weekend. Am I certain that Cash is going to play against Bournemouth when he's on four yellows and then they play City Arsenal? I think about it a little bit. Do... You know, if a player like Bruno, for example, if he could get suspended and miss an easier game versus risk missing a big game, like it's possible. We saw it last year with like Casemiro and it didn't work and he didn't get booked in games that would have meant he missed an easier game. And then he got booked mm -hmm. and he missed Arsenal, I think. And it was like the deciding factor in that game. Do I think players think about it? Probably, to be honest. But our wow. Newcastle don't have the depth to maybe not have Trippier. So maybe he just tries to go without it. But... Yeah, Garnacho up against Trippier next weekend. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Mm. Cool. Um, so just before we dive into Spurs, let's have a quick look at the fixture ticker. So a couple of teams right at the top, right? Newcastle and Liverpool. The two teams at the top of the fixture ticker. One, well, both of the ones we're either invested in or we're probably looking to have a little bit of investment in. Newcastle is an interesting one. We won't cover them today. 
there's been a lot of narrative over the international break, probably for myself included, that they've looked very tired. Then they came out and beat my team 4-1. It was pretty even until the second Newcastle goal went in and then we fell apart a little bit. Um, but they do have a nice run of fixtures, particularly from game week 17. The next three of mm. United, Everton, Spurs, maybe not quite so straightforward. But I suppose the big thing for me on this is like Villa right at the bottom of this. Bournemouth this week, then City, Arsenal, Brentford, Sheffield United, United. And then you also have Spurs reasonably far down the ticker with City, Newcastle and I suppose West Ham in their next three as well. But for me, Newcastle, Liverpool at the top with Aston Villa at the bottom is the key takeaway that we've got here. Yeah, yeah. I think pretty straightforward. I think the more important thing is um, not even how many home and away games because um, there, there's some some teams that stand out at home, some, some teams that stand out at away. And I was mm -hmm. trying to see if there's an advantage there. But after looking at the popular teams, most teams have a fair mix of home and away games. So let's yeah. take that out of the equation, Harry. But the big thing is, you know, fixture ticker in terms of congestion, especially with the Christmas period coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the key teams have very, very tight fixtures. And even teams like Chelsea, Tottenham that might not have Europe still have um, conference cup games in the mid in between around, yeah. I think, 16, 17 plus. So everyone's very congested. There's going to be rotation. So the point about having players that are most likely to start most likely to get as many minutes is very, very true. There's going to be a lot of rotation. Hence the only one that sort of stood out to me was, is there in a way to get a Man City second player in with blank 18 in mind, great fixtures from 16 through 20, honestly, like seven, 16, 17, 19, 20 for Man City are great, but 18 in blank with Mbwemo in most of yeah. our teams, which is already two. You know, and then they also have great fixtures all the way to 24 with Newcastle, I think, in 21. So mm -hmm. basically from 16 through 24, City have pretty solid fixtures. Issue is, you know, yeah. Champions League, no time rest, no rest time in between. And it's even hard to identify who to pick. So uh, it's very unfortunate that we can't go for the, the those players. Or I would recommend not to go for Man City players unless some, you know, guy st stands out. But right now I can't think of someone that stands out. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, just on that, I suppose I looked and there's actually been um, like a press conference with City today and it's literally just happened. And De Bruyne has said, uh, it's tweeted by the City account, I'd love to have, Pep said he'd love to have De Bruyne back all season, but he has had surgery and he's recovering well. The end of December or the new year will be a happy new year for everyone. So that implies that we're unlikely to see him for the Christmas period, but that game week 20 to 21 period. Because the, the reason I say that is for me, the only real pick that I want at the moment, I would consider for, at the moment outside of Haaland is Alvarez, um, just because mm -hmm. of the security of minutes. Foden seems to be getting a little bit more, but if De Bruyne is going to be back in game week, what's that game week 21 or so, 2021, that straight away makes the likes of Alvarez, Alvarez in particular, a, a much bigger risk. So that's what I was just looking to check if we had an update on him. Yeah, but uh, you, but you're taking away the Watkins spot, right? And we'll yeah. get to it. But I feel like Watkins is undroppable at this moment. You know, mm. they're top four in the league. And... I, I I tweeted this yesterday that I feels like um, selling Watkins feels like over management. Since mm -hmm. since Emery took over, no player in the Premier League has more attacking returns apart from Salah and Haaland mm -hmm. than Watkins. The two difficult games they've got 
are City and Arsenal. Like, they're both at home. They're so good yeah. at home. And then it's a nice run of fixtures again. I, for me, I, I, I think it's possible that I play 3-5-2 for the foreseeable future and I just leave Harlan and Watkins there. Especially over Christmas, mm-hmm. where you look at Darwin, you look at Alvarez, you look at Isaac, who people are mentioning in the chat. And I'm just not certain that they play the minutes. Isaac's an yeah, interesting one. and we, we will talk about the three teams we've got, but I suppose there is a lot of talk about Isaac as an option. Before we go on to Spurs, how do you feel about him? Because Callum Wilson is likely to miss pretty much the rest of the year. He's out until about Christmas time. So he yeah. might, you know, because the game weeks come so quickly, if he misses, I think it's 18, he could easily miss 19, 20, for example. How do you feel about Isaac? If they play three times a week, do you think he'll be thrown into all three? He does not have a great injury record at the moment yeah. at Newcastle, but I can understand why people would want him as a third striker or a second striker. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. So a couple of things to this. First of all is, uh, as you mentioned, 3-5-2. One of the reasons why 3-5-2 is going to be very popular with people, especially for, for people who wildcarded late with less funds, Harry, is that Cole Palmer obviously becomes a exceptional option mm. come game week 16. And a lot of us are going to want him just because of what he enables. He's like the elite enabler in, in our FPL teams, right? So um, so then what happens is that you can have Saka, Sun, Salah, Holland. Hard to get trip here unless you drop Sun. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to drop Watkins in order to fund Isaac once again, right? So you could get Alvarez, you could get Isaac uh, for the likes of Watkins, but... Two things to this. First of all, Watkins, I feel like, is just season keeper in the sense that let's forget about fixture proof. Let's forget about just like, um, you know, him. Basically, I feel like you just need to keep holding on to him. And you might get the haul here and there, but you'll certainly tick along and get the points. Whether it be every game week or every other game week, I'm not sure. But I had him from game week one, dropped him, you know, game, game week four or five, I think. And if you had kept him till now, he'd be one of the highest scoring players in FPL, right? So it's just hard for me to see me drop Watkins right now. Like, again, the time might come where I feel like there's a potential upside move to move him to Isaac, as you mentioned. Yeah. Wilson being out allows for, you know, I would love to have a Newcastle attacker and I would love to have a direct player like Isaac. And shout out to FPL Loss, too. Talked to me all week about bringing Isaac in last minute. He brought Solanke in mm. and obviously that hurt him. But yeah, I'm not opposed to it. You just need to know who you're going up against. And it's going to be up against a high EO walk-ins uh, yeah. most likely. Um, but in this con- congestion period where we just mentioned, it's important to try to identify the 80, 90 men players mm. that start every every game week. If you were buying one now, would you buy Isaac or Solanke and save the money? Because you just know that Solanke is going to play like 90 every game between now and New Year. That's my concern with Isak. Yeah. It's just the minutes. <clears throat> Andy? Yeah, I mean, knowing myself, um, again, I'm very careful again yeah. with these words. But I think knowing myself, I would go Isak mm. um, between the two. Yeah. Because I'd probably go Solanke. That's the type of manager I am. I'd, I'd take the minutes over Christmas. Yeah. And when I look at the transfers I want to make, yeah. I'm so yeah. conscious of minutes over Christmas now with the players that I want to make. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. if you're going to do that, I might as well keep Watkins, right? Like, I, I feel like Watkins is... Yeah, there was there was Solanke a route for option. me that um, Solanke would be a third striker. But yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. But I... 
Yeah. I don't dislike Solanke. Like for them to score three times and him getting nothing at the weekend is... Uh, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation about having an eighth attacker, I feel like. And mm. we can pretty much argue for both sides, right? I feel like yeah. it's unnecessary uh, unless there's really good rotation between like two or three players. Yeah. But, mm. Yeah, true. Cool. So let's talk about the things that we are here to talk about. The first one is Spurs, which I'm going to let you you go for. First up, we've got the number of offsides. And I feel like this needs to be covered because the amount of different narratives we've got from the weekend about how so much many, um, mm-hmm. Son has been caught offside in that game. Like, I, I say it sort of tongue in cheek, but it's interesting that the community are saying the fact that he was caught offside so much makes him a good pick, right? If that was Darwin, if that was someone else and he was scored three goals, but they were all offside, the narrative would be completely different. I wouldn't be hearing, yeah. oh, he was so unlucky. Oh, he's a great asset. He, if, Imagine if all those three goals had gone in, right? If that was Darwin, if that was, I don't know who else, like Jackson, like it would be the complete opposite. So interestingly that that's the way that it's being spun. I do get that I still think he's a good asset, um, but... He has been caught offside more times than any other player in the league so far this season. Uh, one second. No worries. Yeah. So you're 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 arguing um, you're arguing that the offside should be a bad thing. I'm. I'm not. Arg- I'm not necessarily arguing. saying it's a. Okay. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying it's but a bad you, you, thing. You don't like the narrative that. But he I got don't. So many offsides, so it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't understand the narrative yeah. that he's got so many offsides, so that makes him a better pick than like Darwin, okay, who gets okay, offside okay. equally. All right, all right. Okay, I'm going to break this down for you. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, you should do the plug, uh, Harry. I don't have the plug with me. Oh, I um, do. I've got the. Yeah. The graphics. Yeah. So. Um, Little Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal for you all that there is a, um, you see a free gift. Um, now that Fantasy Football Scout have launched their merch, um, I'm excited to potentially get my hands on some of that and wear it during those <laughs> streams. Um, if you sign up, you get a seven day free trial, which is the first time I think Scout have offered it. And you get a um, 12 pound gift from Good Team on Paper. So do go and check that out if you are interested in. And there is also just the merch if you want to go and have a look at that as well. Some of it Fantasy Football Scout branded, some of it more FPL branded as well. So do go and check that out. And if you haven't liked and subscribed to the streams, then please uh, make sure you go and do both of those as well. Yeah, nice. Okay, so so let, before we talk about the, the offside stuff, um, I get both sides of the argument, right? I think some of the narrative was, as you mentioned, because he got so many offsides, like it was a good thing. Or, and then, you know, Villa fans were saying, like, we're just that good at making the offside trap and he got caught. And, and you know, this chart above shows Sun having the most offsides, right, in the league this season. So we'll get to that. But first of all, let's talk about this game, right? 2.34 XG for Tottenham, 1.86 XG for Villa. I think for... FPL owners with multiple players in this game, we feel very, very unfortunate, very unlucky for cash slash um, Diaby owners who got subbed off at halftime, such as yourself, Harry. Yeah, um, pain. And, you know, very, pain. Yeah, so very very frustrating as a Sun captainer and are my fellow Sun captainers, right? I thought it was a big opportunity to gain some rank. Hulu missed a very early sitter that Sun passed to him. I think Brian Hill works really, really hard, but just lacks composure 
Bentancur, Lo Celso filled in perfectly for the Madison role until Bentancur got wiped out. Udogi like almost played like a second striker. Poro was excellent. I think a lot of people are interested in bringing Poro for his attacking yeah. potential. By the way, Spurs at home are a above average. This is by FPL MF Doom above average uh, attacking team, but mm. below average defensive team at home. So make of it what you will with their wing backs, right? I thought Ben Davis was pretty pretty good this game. Played some good long balls uh, over over the Villa, you know, tight squeeze in the midfield and. It was very fun, right? And Villa, we've talked about how they play multiple times throughout the pods, but essentially they're just play very standard plays in many ways. It's not like super unique football, but they play with such high quality and they just do what they do really, really well, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you know what I mean. And what's alarming for me as a Sun fan and, and for Spurs fans in general is that that's three losses in a row. And all three losses are in the same way, Harry. Early goal versus Kulu, uh, early goal for Kulu versus Chelsea, and then they they lost to you, right? To, to you guys. Yeah. They were winning against Wolves, and then lost two one in the last ten minutes of the game. Same thing happened here. First goal, and then they obviously lost two one, right? So, this is what happens when you play a high press, attacking football. And then as the time goes by, your cardio gets weak, concentration lacks, and you allow the goals to happen. And that's exactly the same patterns you've been seeing. So if you're going to play a high attacking football, you better bring the results, right? That Like, it, you can be as exciting as possible, but if you don't bring the results, it doesn't mean anything. And it's really unfortunate because they've got red cards, a bunch of injuries. They have plenty of attackers, plenty of wing backs. They just don't have the midfield or the center backs. Yeah. And when you play that attacking football, that Ainge plays, you need... Van de Ven, you need Romero to... Andy, one sec. Sorry, there's someone yeah. at my door. Keep talking about keep time. talking about Spurs while I go and answer it. Take your time, take your time. We can continue after you're back. So chat, let's. Uh, how are you guys doing? Let's see. Dylan says, obviously this guy is going to back son. Yes, you're right. Tobo says Ronaldo focus. Yes, you're right. Ronaldo has the defenders boy. Yes. Joshua, good to see you, my friend. There's a buzzing noise. Yes, he's back. I was too late. I missed him. What was it? Oh, you had, you had to receive something? I think so. I've had my phone and it's slowly breaking. Um, and I'm trying to upgrade mm. it. So I was wondering if it was that. But oh well, they'll come back tomorrow. Anyway, where were we? Yeah. Spurs. Okay, sorry, sorry chat. I'll just, I'll just finish this Spurs talk and, and Villa talk. So yeah, it was super crazy formation. You've seen it, right? No Dyer. Um, sucks to be him, right? And yeah, it almost it felt weird. like a 2-5-3, two, two, basically, right? So... When when Spurs played the high line, Spurs would uh, Villa would play the high line. So it was just a super fun fun match, right? Villa usually play a four four two. I thought they played a five three two this game. Basically gave up one chess piece in the midfield, and that's why early on, um, you know, Lo Celso, mm -hmm. Bentancur did really really well in the midfield until he got injured. So applaud to Emery for making great subs at halftime. I thought, you know, Cash Diaby out was right. Cash was like very sketchy with his yellow card and yeah. Bailey did really well to expose Udogi when he was coming in. So 
Kamara goes back, Konza, Konza plays right back. It was very good um, switching, right? So, again, this just shows that Spurs are getting exposed in the sense that their attacking football is not delivering the results. Yep. And I think a lot of it has to do with their injuries, and it's going to catch up to them, right? Because, again, the last three games, they lost in the same way. They're winning the game, and they you can see them get tired out throughout the 70-minute, 80-minute, 90-minute mm. pitch where they, where they keep losing games. So... Fixtures are great from 17 to 23, in my opinion, even with Brighton and 19 and United and 21, still solid fixtures for attacking, right? I think Poro is a very interesting one that we, we could debate in the following weeks. You know, like mm-hmm. he's attacking. He's very, very attacking. So again, he, they're an above average attack, below average defense. So make of it what you will until you get Romero and Van de Ven back. Your clean sheet likelihood is going to be going down. They're super thin and squad wise, so they're going to be playing their bet. They're starting eleven nonstop. So, yeah, it's just a it's a tricky one to assess in terms of wing backs. But as, as a Sun owner, um, and yes, there's might there might be some bias here, but I'm pretty confident with him moving forward. I thought I was very unfortunate to not get returns this game week, mm-hmm. and you know you just have to hope they're they're going to turn it around after these three losses. Um, is what I want to first say before we talk about offsides. But let me know what you think. Yeah, Poro, you mentioned, is is someone I'm really interested in, particularly without Madison. It makes him, I feel like, really appealing until Madison comes back. Um, with the amount mm. of set pieces that he's going to take, then, yeah, straight away, I like him. Son mm. is an interesting one. Uh, so just to sort of lay the groundwork, I am considering selling Son this week. Part of the reason mm. is what it allows me to do. And there are a few other people in the chat mentioning similar things. So Finn saying, Sonda Saka, it gives you 2.7 in the bank and it allows you to get Trippier, Abuemo, Salah, Watkins, Haaland in your team. And that is effectively what I would be building towards, right? My Son replacement would be Bakaya Saka. And that is the reason. I'm not, as we go into this, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Son is a bad pick all of a sudden. I still think he is a good pick but can I do more elsewhere? It's similar to the arguments that people had when they sold Haaland, but on a less severe level, I would say, because he's not quite the same asset that Haaland was. I like him, but the data is definitely not as good as it was before Madison got injured, right? Over the past three games combined, he has one XGI over that time. His data definitely has reduced. Now, you don't get included in data if you are marginally offside and you score a goal. That goes down as naught because you are offside. So it doesn't even count with that. So that is part of the reason that it's low. But it's more what I think I can do with the money elsewhere. He's blanked. His data is really interesting what he's done so far this season. So he's got three, four double digit hauls, but blanked eight times this season. So, like, mm-hmm. he either blanks or he absolutely hauls. The only single-digit return he got was a seven-pointer against Liverpool. Everything else has been a minimum of 10 or a blank. And he's, it feels a little bit like that with him, which is not necessarily a good thing or bad thing as long as he gets the points at the end of the day. But what it often means is he'll go a couple of games where he blanks and then you'll doubt him and then he'll come in with points and then you'll think, oh, okay, he gets the stay of execution a little bit. So... I'm going to listen to you about about it. I I am <laughs> definitely looking at Saka this week. Yeah. And it comes down to, to Son or Bowen. And if Bowen is going to be back, which it sounded like from the press conference last week that going into this week, we'd expect him to be available. But I have to wait and see on that one. 
I have to sell one of those two to go and get Saka and selling Son allows me to do so, so much more with my team. I mean, okay. All right. So like, let's say it's Son plus somebody, whereas you can get Saka plus Trippier, maybe that combo, which is unlikely. But if you do, mm -hmm. then I have nothing to say. I suppose but it's I suppose it's Son plus a like 4.5 or Bowen plus Trippier. It's, it's Saka is coming in regardless. It's Son versus okay. Bowen for me effectively. Okay, so so then that's not even a question to me, right? Like, for me, I feel like Sun is one of the best FPL assets that you can have because there are not many players in this game that can do three goals or two goals, right? Granted, I've I've like done this previous exercise where I've looked back at his five year data and seen how many hat tricks he's had and how many, um, uh, what's it called, two goal games he's had, and it's not like it's not like a huge number right like it's mm -hmm. it he doesn't get two goal games all the time i get that right but and the streaky argument i also understand i think he's quite streaky at times uh, but also he's, he's not super streaky there are times where he's consistently scoring yeah uh, through periods in his career at spurs so i understand your concern but again if it's just a like for like bowen versus son there's no argument here it should be son um and yeah, that, I mean, I, I maybe I'm being biased here, but he's just so exceptional. And I don't buy the XGI, XG uh, argument for Sun because he's always had low XG. He's always had low XGI. Um, he just needs a couple of quality chances to finish, right? So so that's my thinking here. But let's let's talk about this offside stuff real quickly, um, uh, Harry, because yeah. if you look here, Sun has the highest amount of offsides in the league. And Naturally, he does. He's playing number nine for Ainge's attacking role. Like, what do you guys expect? He's definitely going to be caught at times. And, you know, that's his, that's his, why he's there. He's trying to make these runs. And, but on, uh -huh. to play devil's advocate on that. Okay. Son is not a number nine, right? He's never, he's hardly mm -hmm. ever played there. So his natural instinct to stay on side and him being in those positions, he's not experienced to the same level as a natural number nine to be in those positions. Is that contributing to it at all that he's not as good at beating offside traps as maybe someone who's mm -hmm. played there consistently? No, I, 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 I don't buy that argument at all. Like how can you win the golden boot if you're not exceptional at beating? What what is- Because he had Harry Kane. Yeah, but he's not known for his head, heading abilities. He's, yeah, granted when Laurenta played and Harry Kane played, he played really well off off their second ball yeah. when they won the ball in the, in the air. But if you think about Kane and Son too, Kane fed Son a lot of times with that Madison pass, you know, through ball. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like he's winning the ball in the air. He's making these runs to get effective one-on-one -on -one chances where he fin where he's such a lethal finisher. So I don't know. I, I think I think you can't score as many goals as he does if you're not exceptional at breaking breaking the lines right so but again let's look at the look at okay go ahead so go i said my suppose my caveat is with that is okay fine but if he's who like madison and kane are exceptional passes of the ball and he obviously understood that i feel okay. like i his I, mm -hmm. his runs in behind still making them it's much more difficult to time them with it being a load of different players playing that pass because he doesn't have the same understanding with those players i agree mm-hmm I, I agree with that. And hence why what we have here is, can you show the first... Uh, yeah, I just put a one. poll in the chat. I'm interested to see the general consensus on, on Sun. But yeah, the first image is up. It should be 98% keep, guys. Come on. What, what are we talking about here? 
And uh, no, I'm just kidding, by the way, but. Uh, yeah, I got the first image. So this, I think this was one, or this is, uh, yeah, just a still of one of his offsides from the game. Okay, so let, let me explain what's going on here, right? And I, this also makes your argument true about he doesn't get the exceptional pass that, but by the way, Los Elso and Bentancur were making great passes, you know? And so which one do you have? Do you have the one with the circle or non-circle? No, non-circle non first. Okay. So look at this. This is this is uh, if you if you watch the game yesterday, this is when Sun had a one on one chance and he finished it in the right, I think, side net. Right. It was a very good finish that we, that we know him for. Yeah. So this is him beating the offside trap. OK, so he, you can see he's a little bit ahead of the Villa two defenders, but he moves in and then moves right back out. So he gets back onside and then goes back uh, to beat the line. And if you ever have a chance to replay this, why he gets caught offside is because of Hoiberg. As you mentioned, it's not Madison, right? Hoiberg, all he had to do is make a one-touch pass to get Son yeah. right timing to beat the beat the offside. But Hoiberg takes a touch and then he passes. So the timing is missed by like 0 0.02 seconds, you know? Yeah. So this is this is like so if you're if you're gonna argue like Oh, Villa played such a great uh, high or off, uh, offside trap, or you know, Sun's not great great at beating the defense. Like, actually, look at the play, right? Like, this play was because Hoiberg made two touches instead of made, making the pass initially, where he would have caught Sun perfectly on, on the on the offside. So, so that's one thing. I you know, I'm getting a little uh, frustrated because I thought I was celebrating the score earlier, and then you look at the second offside trap, uh, Harry. With the blue circle yeah. on another day if he's like five centimeters left that would have been a goal right this is just very unlucky positioning so the three offside goals i felt like were very unfortunate um and the goals will come the goals will come like he could have hauled this game he could have got two or three assists like that kulu finish in the beginning should have been finished so i'm i'm very bullish on keeping sun like there's no doubt about it that he's in my team uh and i think like he was a good captain option this week and mm. could have paid off, even though Holland also could have got multiple goals. So, yeah, that's my two cents here. So the poll at the moment is 56% keep and 44% sell. So it does favor keep, which I think is expected, but it's it's pretty close. It's pretty mm. close. I get and, it. Yeah. And I, as I say, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think Son is a bad pick. That's like never going to happen. But the whole point of FPL is understanding the combinations of players that you can buy as a result. And part of me thinks that whilst there's no Madison, whilst he's having Hoiberg. So Benton Cole went off injured. Do we know? Is there any update on that? Like, I, I don't know. No, but it, apparently it's not the same knee, but it looked bad, man. I mean, that guy's fragile as hell. So I, it was, I was hurting for him because he came... He had like a year off, basically, you know? Well, exactly. So they're going to be pretty cautious with him. And yeah. a lot of Spurs fans were hoping Bentoncourt and Lacelso would come in because it would boost that passing. And if Bentoncourt's not going to be there, and we've seen the others, who, like, we're now relying on it, on Lacelso constantly, yeah. who's also just come back from injury, to be the one playing the balls. Now, I am aware that yeah, a lot no, of people will think argument. the team is weak the team is weak so son is the same but the team around him are weaker and mm -hmm. 
what that is going to do to him. Now, Romero is going to come back, which does help their progressive passing. It does help break the lines. But Van de Ven not being there, does that give Romero more responsibility still defensively to not do what he's done before? I completely get that I am... It, people will think I'm creating a narrative that makes it acceptable for me to sell Son. Like, I completely get it. But I'm just not certain that 9.7 million, when I'm not going to captain him with the players around him, is as good, well, is as good as it was before. And I just I just yeah. look at what else I can do with my team. But if you don't need to sell him to get to Saka, to get Trippier in 17, etc., then there's not really a reason to sell him. It's just if there's players that you want instead of him. But Saka's data is not much better. Yeah, I mean, so naturally we should talk about Arsenal and Saka because it sounds like if you're going to drop Son, you have to drop him for a good reason. And yeah. the good reason at this point in time seems like for Saka, right? But Correct. I mean, let's talk about Arsenal, right? Like it took a Havertz last minute goal for them to to win the match right and yeah shout out Havertz and shout out Arsenal like they played a very very good game I was very happy with the double Arsenal defense in my team but Saka out wide non-existent right in many ways but I also give credit to Brentford because Brentford played their 5-3-2 that they're notorious for and it's very it's just very hard to to break down right so but there's also the narrative of recently how Arsenal fans are saying Saka and um Guys, Martinelli are playing super wide. So mm -hmm. yeah, so there was a. I don't think Saka is a straightforward son. Son to Saka, like oh, man, I I like I genuinely think Son is an exceptional FPL option, and I wouldn't even compare him to Saka at this point in time until Saka shows me something. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. But the, I mean, yeah, talk to me about you know why you need Saka. Is it like a FOMO thing? Is it you know, or are you just genuinely convinced that he'll outscore Son in the next few weeks? So, so there was an interview quite interestingly done with Saka um, over the weekend after the Brentford game that he basically said he's noticed this season that teams are doubling up on him and they're doubling up on, on Martinelli as well. Um, so naturally, he, he's trying to find ways to deal with that um, and to try and find ways to get more involved in the game than, than he, maybe he has been. He's still been pretty good, but yeah, as people are saying in the chat, if I'm going to use the XG argument on Son, then I should use it on Saka as well. And his data is his is definitely weaker this season than we've seen in past seasons as well. I I would put that a little bit down to some of the injuries that they've had, whereas mm -hmm. I feel like Arsenal's team is getting stronger while Spurs are getting weaker. Martin Odegaard and Gabriel Jesus coming back is definitely good for Gabriel Martinelli and Bakari Saka. Whilst those two were out, teams knew that they could double up on Martinelli and Bakari Saka and that took out their two main threats in play at the moment. They, they knew that mm. without Jesus and Odegaard, with it being in Ketia and Havertz, if you take Martinelli and Saka out of the game, they have a much bigger chance of beating them. But with those two back it does become more difficult, right? Because they then know that if they leave, if they go and double up on Martinelli and Saka, they then do leave two other strong players completely in the open. And Zinchenko being back, the way that he passes as well is is also a, is also a boost for him. But granted, part of it is the fixtures over the, over the short term, right? So 
Spurs play City. Now, Son has a very good track record against City. And, very, very good. Mm-hmm. You know, they Bread naturally they naturally put a lot of players forward, which does leave Son a little bit of space in behind. But Saka does play Wolves at home, Luton, Villa, Brighton in the next four. Four teams who naturally do concede a reasonable amount of goals. Villa mm-hmm. at home, okay, a little bit better. But... Luton, Brighton, Wolves would be teams that you would expect Arsenal to get something against. Then from 19 yeah, I mean, onwards, it's, it's 90, even Liverpool in 18, then 19 onwards, it's it's really nice as well for them as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, part of it is FOMO. Like, I get it. I've seen him damage my rank in weeks where Son hasn't done anything. And I think I want to be on the other side of that. But part of me does think that Spurs are getting worse and Arsenal getting better than what we've seen in previous weeks and if that trend continues then that makes Saka a better a better value pick if they were the same price I'd pick Son yeah 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 so so I think you make two strong arguments that you beat me in I don't know what am I saying like that you beat the Son argument in one is being fixtures right like as good as uh, Sun is against City, would I take Saka versus Wolves over Sun versus yeah. City? Probably, probably, right? Yeah. And if, as you mentioned, from 14 through 22, Arsenal's fixtures are good. They look like they're back in form, at least defensively. I'm sure their attack will click at some point. They do have a congestion period, by the way. So, But it's not like Saka gets rested, so he's minutes yeah, safe but as well. If they, mm-hmm. if they win on Thursday... They're, they're top. They top. Their, they win on Wednesday. They top okay. their group so in the Champions League. Potential so, rest there. so there's a potential yeah. rest in the final, final game. Yeah. Yeah. So you make very, very strong arguments that I can't argue against. Especially the the point I missed is that the team is getting back to good shape, whereas there's so many key players missing in Spurs: Basuma, Van de Ven, Madison. You know, three of the most important players yeah. in that spine, right? So. Yeah, I mean, if you th- if you think that way, then yeah, I guess Saka makes sense. But I think all of this, all of this can be argued easily by saying that Sun is just an exceptional asset that's way better than Saka at this point in time, in, in my opinion, right? And regardless of all these like narrative, not narratives, but facts that you just presented, I just think that he can haul in any game. And I just don't see that with Saka right now is is the honest truth and why I'm going to keep him. But it's also easy for me to say because I have both players, right? Yeah. So so it's tough. It's tough that you have to sell one of Bowen or, or Son because Bowen is also a good asset. But And also it's the money, right? You'll be 0.0 if you sell Son. So, well, yeah, that's it. One. Like I look at your team and like your team is where I would go if I sold Bowen, right? It's pretty much the same. The question will be for you is if there's a week that you decide you want Kieran Trippier back. Because Mm. I'm sort of a transfer behind you at the moment. So Mm -hmm. if I bring in, if I sell Bowen now and I keep Saka, I get Saka and I keep Son, at some point we might want Trippier back. And to get him, you'll have to make a sacrifice somewhere in your team, which is Saka, Son or Watkins Mm -hmm. probably. It's one of those Mm -hmm. three. So... It's the same sort of debate. I'm having it from with myself at the moment. You'll have it yourself in game week 17 or so when Trippier's fixtures turn again. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought that far, to be honest. I haven't 
even consider bringing Trippier in because it's it's surgery to do that, you know? Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of at the point that if I say, okay, well, I'm going to sell Bowen, that's committing that I don't want, I don't want Trippier. Because if I, if I understand that I want Trippier, the next three for Spurs are City, West Ham, Newcastle. If I'm going to go without Son, I don't want him for these three. If I'm going to sell him when it gets to game week 17, yeah, when he has Forrest, Everton, Brighton, Bournemouth, yeah. I'm not going to want to do it then, am I? So if I want to try and get a little bit of ahead of the curve, it's it's selling him now. Of course, of course he does have the Asia Cup, but that's not until yeah. game week 21. And he, yeah. it's possible yeah. that the people going to the Asia Cup and the African Cup of Nations, if their teams go out in the group stage, it's possible that they only miss one game week of FPL. Yeah, but, uh, but, but they'll go, go they'll all go the way. Through. Like, we'll, we'll <laughs> go at least to the... Is that, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not being funny here. Like, you know what's crazy, uh, Harry, is that... So there's four Asian teams that represent the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've missed a World Cup in the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Our team is literally obviously not England standards, right? But we're in a golden era. Japan yep. too. They have an amazing team right now. And... um. And we have not won the Asian Cup before, like in 50 plus years. So they like Sun has been talking about this for the past year. Like they he wants to he wants to win a trophy, right? Yeah. And he sees this as a big opportunity. So we're gonna go all out for this Asian Cup. So I guarantee we'll at least make it to the semifinals, is my thinking. Which makes so three which, weeks gone. Mm-hmm. So so that means we sell him when 21 comes around, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a long way away and it's probably not what, mm-hmm. it's not really something that should impact your decision. As people say, game week 18 is something that should should be put into consideration. He has yeah. he has Everton at home, right? So he's a, he's a captaincy option in that week. If I don't own him, I'll probably captain Watkins who has Sheffield United at home, right? It's still a good fixture, but it's one of those two that you'll want to captain. And if I don't have Son, it will be a massive threat to my rank that week. Um, yeah. So that's the other thing that you have to consider if you don't go without Son. Like people shouldn't be selling both Watkins and Son, right? You need one of them for 18. You need someone to captain in that week. Um, It's close. You don't think it's close? I think it's close. I think if I take a seat back and listen to what you're saying and imagine I didn't have Saka. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I understand your dilemma and why you're thinking this way. And the next three fixtures on paper are not that great for Tottenham. So I get it. And just want to clarify once again, like I'm not trying to sell, sell to anybody like this one. I genuinely believe in, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to sell him. Right. I captained him this week. What else do you want me to, you know, like say, like, yeah. I really believe in this player no matter what. And, I'm happy to play again against Man City. Um, caveat again is that I do have Saka, whereas Harry doesn't. So yeah, um, so I get it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So that's the attack, but I feel like we need to talk about their defense, which I'm also very interested in. This is Arsenal, of course. So, Arsenal. What we've got on screen now is just team XG and team XG conceded so far this season. So on the left hand side, the teams at the top of the best, and the list on the right hand side, the teams at the bottom of the best. So. Teams on the left, you do see Arsenal fit, I think they're 10th or 9th for XG so far this season. So naturally their attack is worse than we've seen in previous seasons. But what is Mm -hmm. there again this season is their defence. They have the lowest XG conceded so far this season. And when we talk about fixtures, 
with the likes of Saka, their fixtures defensively are also really nice. They have an XG conceded every 127 minutes so far this season. That is crazy. That's less than one a game. That's like 0.7 XG conceded a game. Second this behind, is Arsenal, right? Yeah, this is Arsenal. Second behind mm-hmm. Man City. And they're the only two teams with less than one XG conceded so far this season. Um, you have double up. You have the double up already. So you're in a great position. And I and I want it. I want it really mm-hmm. bad. Um, and I don't quite know where I go with it. <laughs> I, it's either Saliba probably or it's David Raya. Five point four point nine million for the Arsenal goalkeeper. I just look at it and I think, okay, okay, great, great, great. This is good. I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of setting and forgetting on Raya. The also the other reason that I might go Raya is that I look at some of the other defenders that I want to own in the likes of Porro and Trippier. They have attack and threat that Saliba doesn't have. Yes, he scored the other week, right? But naturally, Trippier and Porro have more attacking data than the Arsenal defenders which is why I actually think 4.9 million for the Arsenal goalkeeper. It just feels so good. And I'm so fed up with Ariola already. Yeah. So, um, so just, just to finalize the Spurs talk, uh, H-Y-N-D-E, Hind, shout out Hind, makes a very good point. I believe in Sun, but not the Spurs with all the mm-hmm. injuries. I think that's a very, very good summary of even how I feel at, at right now, right? So, while we're talking about Arsenal defense, I think it's a very good argument you made about Raya or a very interesting potential FPL option, right? And the reason being is that, yes, I'm doubled up on Gabriel and Saliba. I feel like Saliba is pretty locked. Yeah. But Arsenal, even though they have Wolves in 14, Luton in 15, then they have three great attacking fixtures after that. Villa, Brighton, Liverpool. Not so easy defensively, right? Just fixture on on paper. But from game week 14 to 16, and they have Champions League, I, th- I believe it's today or tomorrow. From uh, 14 to 16, yeah, it goes two days, Harry, two days, two days, three days until they play Villa in 16. So game in 14, two days rest. Game yeah. 15, two days rest. Oh, sorry. Two days rest this week to 14, two days rest to 15, three days rest until Villa in 16. So it is very tight. And I care. I. I'm scared that Gabriel's going to get rotated, right? Or there's a big chance that he gets rotated. Um, so that's something I have to deal with when the time comes. But Ramsdale, like, you know, that was <laughs> could have been his last match, Premier League match of the season, right? Yeah. That was a it sketchy, wasn't good. sketchy game for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, not a good thing when your teammates come to you and hug you and, you know, like, at the end of the game and make you feel good because it's, it's yeah, it's a good thing to see as a team chemistry thing, but... You know, it just also goes to show that he had a very anxiety, high stress game. And I think Raya is, you know, pretty much locked as the first choice. So I don't mind the Raya plus Saliba combo at all, uh, especially with their keepers not being able to deliver any clean sheets. So, yeah, interesting play. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to understand. So, like, but I know you say they're good attacking fixtures, right? But they are, we said the same about Brentford. We said exactly the same about Brentford at the weekend, mm-hmm. that it was a good defensive fixture. It was a good attacking fixture, but not a good defensive fixture. But if but you they were look... defensively brilliant. They were yeah. defensively brilliant. If you look at... So Brentford put up like 1.4 XG in that game. Half of that was the Embuemo chance that was saved off the line. That was a 0. like 
uh, 0.7 XG chance. So literally half of that comes because Ramsdale gives it straight, does whatever he does, and they get that mm-hmm. they get that massive chance. So if if in that game that hasn't happened and they put up 0.7 XG in this game again, we are yeah I I I don't know who to buy in the attack that I'd ever want a double up right now with the amount of midfielders mm-hmm. that we've got in the game. And I just feel like looking at the defenders that I've got, I feel like David Rive makes me feel safe and comfortable. Whereas it's, it's, I like it. Yeah. I don't mind it. Mm. So in my goal, I'm pretty certain that at some point over the next few weeks, I'm going to make a goalkeeper change, but because I just, I just look, watch West Ham and there's just no way that I'm making a, I'm, I'm sitting with that for the rest of the season. So there's two options that I have. I can do Ariola to David Raya, or I could do Matt Turner to um, Sanchez of Chelsea. Now, this is before we know the Allison injury news, because if Keller gets a run of starts, then maybe we go there. He's 3.9, right? So if he's out, then maybe we go there. But I like Raya. I was always set on going Sanchez of Chelsea and this can be a segue into Chelsea. But we just we just look like we want to concede goals every week. But then our fixtures coming up are, are really nice, which is why Chelsea is the is the next topic. Um, but yeah, I, double up on Arsenal defence with their fixtures they've got over Christmas is really nice. And Raya, I just, watching Ramsdale the other night, I just feel like I'm, I just feel like Arteta as well. They cut to him a couple of times in the cameras and you could just tell that he wasn't very pleased with it. So I can see yeah. David Raya. I don't I don't see Ramsdale getting any minutes. So 4.9 million yeah. just feels like a no-brainer there. Yeah, and um, you know, there's the very common argument that don't invest so much in the keeper because their their ceiling is set or their yeah. floor floor might be higher, but their ceiling is not that high. So you go for the likes of a center back that can potentially get a unpredictable bullet hitter at times. Mm-hmm. And you have two cards in Gabriel and Saliba and Arsenal get a corner kick. I'm very excited. Not going to lie. Right. Like you, yeah. you have that jittery feeling that maybe yeah. one of those two beasts in the air can get a header. But when you talk about Raya versus Areola, like let's do a like for like comparison. Right. It could be. It could, it's a more complex permutation-wise because it could be Areola plus the defender versus Raya plus the defender. But if you do just Areola versus Raya, like for like, the difference might not be big in one game week, but over the span of the next 10 game weeks, you could be sitting 30, 40 points ahead of me. or Not 30, 40 points, but 20 yeah. plus points ahead in just in just the keepers, right? So uh, definitely, definitely it's a interesting um, point you made plus minute safety over Gabriel. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, I suppose I've got Gabriel, so I have the ability to buy Raya. But Saliba, like, did he go up again last night? Is he 5 yeah, five now? Yeah, he did. Oh, it's just, like, I can go, like, Raya plus, like, Porro is the yeah, same like price Is the same price as, like, Saliba plus Sanchez. And I know which option I prefer there. Mm-hmm. So... Just like with the fact that I've just missed those Saliba price rises means I just think 
I might end up just going with right. Interesting questions in the chat about the bonus points. It is true. Arsenal defenders, Arsenal goalkeepers have not been great for bonus points this season. Raya is not the same beast that we saw at um, Brentford. Brentford. It's true. I don't. He's got uh, two bonus points this season, which he got both in the same game against Everton where they won 1-0. So the bonus points are not there as much, which is part of the reason that it puts me off. But their defensive numbers are so good. It's what yeah. is what really gets me there. Nice. So should we go to Ch- Chelsea? Yeah. So on that, the other option that I talk about is um, Chelsea. So again, we've just got a pass map just to have something on screen, just to show sort of who's likely to be involved. This is the one from the weekend where there was, I would say, at least two inclusions in this Chelsea team, which was a surprise to a lot of us. So Caicedo not playing. He came back late. I know. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Why, why did he not play? So no. apparently he, he only returned to the squad on, he, he got back from international duty on like Friday. So he didn't think he was ready. He didn't think he wanted to play him. That's the only reason. That's so, what Poch said? I think so. That's so dumb, dude. Well, Anyways, yeah. yeah. So that's why um, Uga Chukwu played this game. The other one mm-hmm. was Badia Shield coming in out of absolutely nowhere, returning from injury and being thrown in against Newcastle was also a bizarre choice um, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. how good Disassi has been to play Kukurea and Badia Shield on the same side together. Kieran Trippier put 16 crosses in in that game. 16. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was, I feel like I, I'm a big fan of Poch. But I feel like he got that wrong. When I watched Wolves, he got it wrong. He got it wrong. When yeah, I watched Wolves I play against Newcastle two weeks ago, they doubled up on Trippier and they did a fantastic job at it. They put eight Nori mm-hmm. out there with a left back or left centre back as well, and they always had a man on him. We did not, and it yeah. it cost us. Trippier wasn't directly involved, but it just gave them so much creative space on that side. So yeah. I don't nas- na- massively think that. This game is something to to worry about as a Chelsea fan and a Chelsea someone who's looking to to buy into them. But it was interesting to see what he did in, in this game, and I do think he he mismanaged this game. I do expect Disassi to come yeah. back in, and I think there's a very good chance that Colwell comes back in. Kukurea is suspended now, so Colwell will play left back at the weekend. But I expect Disassi to come back in as well. So yeah. I do think we'll be looking better defensively. That said. I don't think I'd buy any of the back four at the moment just because we have so many options and we've seen him do it here where he just suddenly plays someone else that I am a little bit concerned. Like I was really looking at Colwell, but for Kukurea to play this game with Colwell being on the bench does concern me a little bit. When they play three times a week, I think all four of them are a risk. Yeah. Which is why I end up with Sanchez. And a few people in the chat are Pete's talking about it as well. Sanchez at four point six million with the Chelsea fixtures is part is the only reason that I wouldn't buy David Raya is if I go Sanchez instead. Yeah. Because the Chelsea fixtures from like sixteen onwards are so so good. Their XGC is top five in the league, Harry. Uh Chelsea. Yeah. Let me check. Uh XG conceded. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And with the fixtures yeah, so, that you see, like mm-hmm. Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves, Palace, Luton, Fulham, Liverpool, Wolves, Palace again. Yeah. Until the 10th of February. 
Yeah. I think you make a few good, very good points there. Um, I like the fact that you stated 16 crosses from Trippier, but it's not even just the crosses that Trippier does. Yeah. I think Newcastle and Chelsea play in a similar mat, similar way, but the difference in quality was seen. First of all, Chelsea can't be going from a beautiful game versus Man City 4-4 and then doing yeah. this, right? Yeah. Like to be back at the, they just won the champ. You guys just won the Champions League a couple of years ago, right? And you know, like to go back to the Man City top team in the league levels, you got to be making results week in and week out. And you can get get some losses here and there, but you can't be going from that game to this Newcastle game. The difference in quality was seen, right? Mm -hmm. What I mean by they play a similar way is that what Trippier does is not just the crossing, but he'll play like a long ball to Joe Linton and. Uh, Isaac up top, and then Gordon, Almiron, Bruno, all those guys will squeeze and pressure in and try to win the second ball off the head, right? I think yeah. Chelsea also do a similar way where they try to feed Jackson and and you know try to win that second ball with Enzo and, and this and that, right? And the reason being is both managers want to win the ball in the opponent's side, whereas some people want to build up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think both managers want to try to win the ball in the opponent's side is... The general pattern I've seen from Poch, same thing that he did with the the desk lineup with Delhi, Erickson, Kane, and Son, right? So why I was very astounded that Caicedo didn't start because Enzo Gallagher were fine, but I can't pronounce it, this name. Ugo Chuka was yeah. just not good enough. And Bruno Gordon and and uh, Lewis were just winning that midfield battle. And Caicedo was needed. And you can see that in the second half. So yeah, it was a big difference in quality between the in, between both teams. Mm. As you mentioned, maybe it's not the right time to jump on James. I still think he's a good option. Like he was, he was fine on the right side until he got the red card. Yeah. I'm still interested in him in game week 16. But yeah. yeah, and Sterling definitely should be on our radar, right? Sterling was the only like light bulb you guys had, and when Sterling was locked, you had no solution. But yeah, Chelsea cannot be going from 4-4 Man City and then doing this, right? It has to be more consistent, in my yeah, opinion. It's true. The game was closer, though, until when the second goal went in and then we let them score like 30 seconds later. That's when it fell apart. It wasn't as one-sided as the score makes out until that happened. But I, 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 I agree. Fair. Cole Palmer, I'm like, he's coming in my team this week um for DRB. Yeah. But I'm, he had I'm, a bad game, wouldn't you say? He was non-existent. It wasn't, it, well, it wasn't his best game. But like, he's still so involved. Like you look at the pass map and he's still so central to it. Like I've just got the data. The last four matches for Chelsea, he's got the second most touches of the ball of a Chelsea player, only behind Thiago Silva, right? He is just so focal to what we're doing at the moment. Um, so I still want him and I still look at his value and thinks it's think it's crazy good going into those fixtures. 5.2 yeah, million right. going up to 5.3. Sterling is a good option, but he's an addition. I don't want him mm. instead of Palmer because of what Palmer allows me to do elsewhere in my team. If I had to pick one, I imagine Sterling might outscore Cole Palmer. But is it by enough for the value that it creates? I, I Like, no. Like What Palmer allows you to do elsewhere, I just, I want him this week. And Brighton at home is an absolutely okay, um, okay fixture. And Kunku will be back. <sighs> I don't know where he's going to play him. And I've been asked this so much, but I don't think Sterling and Palmer are the ones that drop out. I really don't. I No, wouldn't... I don't. I agree. I think they're locked. Yeah. Even with I... the congestion. Yeah. I just think it will be Gallagher or Jackson. 
Yeah, Jack, Jack, Jackson, I think, post potentially. But <sighs> but let, let's talk about game theory a little, like FPL game theory a little bit, Harry. So like, let's say the locks in our team are in the midfield, Salah, uh, Palmer, Mbuemo, and I don't know, probably Son, right? Then you have then Son, leaves Saka, uh -huh. Bowen, Gordon, basically, for the last two spots. And you've okay, gone, fair, you've right. gone Son Saka. Right, right now. But when 16 comes around, we everybody knows this. 16 through 21, Chelsea's run is pretty, pretty darn good, right? Like how good? We don't really know until we get there, but it's a bet that I'm willing to take, right? At least with one Chelsea asset. And I guarantee most engaged managers out there will have probably Palmer in their team because of his price point. Because he's affordable, because of their fixtures. Yeah. And everyone that's probably listening to this podcast are engaged managers playing against engaged managers. And to beat out on those engaged managers, if everybody has Palmer, you Sterling is not a bad option. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you double up on Chelsea uh, midfield, you get that edge, you try to win against the battle against Saka and whoever, as you mentioned, Bowen, yep. Diaby, blah, 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 from 16 to 21. I think it's a, it's a bet worth considering for sure. No, for sure. Yeah. Mm. No, I I get it. But as I say, I just it would it would be a an addition. Like I just don't want to risk going him over Palmer. Because I do like I do expect Palmer to keep penalties. For Poch to say No, I'm saying I'm saying Palmer's Palmer's the Palmer's first a lock. Choice. I agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. It's but I, I don't hate take... Sterling. But uh -huh. but then if you're having the other mids, like it's, it is just a, it's another spot that you're then putting all your eggs in, in one basket. But yeah, like for you, you'd have and, to sell one yeah. of, like so I would sell Saka to get him. I would sell Saka to get him. That would, that would be the only way I could get Sterling mm -hmm. because there's no way I'm dropping Sun. There's no way I'm dropping Salah. There's no way I'm dropping Mbomo for his price point. Yeah, I'm keeping Palmer. I got him in game 10. So the only option is to sell Saka and I don't hate it, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just saying by the time 16 rolls around, and there's a lot of caveats here, right? I don't like how they went from, again, Man City to this game and the ups and downs. But you just mentioned the two locks in the team are Sterling and Palmer, and Sterling had a good game again, right? Like, Sterling was the one that was not only his free kick, but the one that was most direct. And yeah. he's in that that form, that confidence yeah. that we know him to be in. I mean, a couple seasons ago, seasons ago, he was scoring a ridiculous amount of goals in the Premier League, right? So... I, I don't hate it at all. I think he's, I think people who double up on Chelsea mid, mm -hmm. fair play. Cool. So the best way to summarize this is then looking at our teams and working out what, what you've just spoken about means <laughs> for our teams. Um, so we've got our lineups for next week up on screen. You have one or two transfers and you go first. Okay, so I have um, Areola and goal. Gehi, Gabriel, Saliba. Midfield is Mbuemo, Sun, Saka, Palmer, Sala. Up top, Watkins and Holland. Defense, Libramento, Archer, and Taylor. Uh, one free transfer, 0.0 .0 in the bank. So kind of scary that, that I have no money in the bank. So I think I'm going to roll. Um, but no idea who to captain. Right now it's on Holland. Mm -hmm. But yeah, most likely to stay on Holland. Okay. Are you going to roll? I think so, right? Like, do you see any particular moves here? No, I, I I'm mm -hmm. not like 
I I said it a few weeks ago, and I said it again this week that I I don't love the Palace defense. The, I don't love it too. The yeah. the away versus Luton, right? The the Everton at home, I was like, fine, maybe they got something, and I was fortunate that they didn't. Away at Luton, I, they I didn't love it. I thought that was their best chance of a clean sheet. Away at West Ham now, I don't like, and then Bournemouth at home. Then Liverpool, City, Brighton, Chelsea, Brentford, Arsenal. Like they, he's probably your next sell, but you said you've got like nothing in the bank, do you? I've had zero in the bank. Uh, by the way, guys, please subscribe to FF Scout and hit the like button. Yeah, uh, and we have another one more plug. One more plug. Um, do you want to do the? Yeah, just a reminder that if you guys haven't, there is still a Black Friday Cyber Monday deal where you get seven month free trial and a free gift from Good Team on Paper if you do sign up. Um, plus the discount that, of course, is being applied, and there is merch. We have merch now, so if you want to go and check that out, all the links are on screen. Um, so go and check those out if you are interested in Scout as well. But yeah, back to our team. Appreciate so it. like Gehi for me would be your next transfer out. But I, I do mm-hmm. wonder like where you go with that. Um, yeah. Without any so money I think, in the uh, bank. Exactly. So I think having two transfers next week will allow me to move pieces around and create some funds again. So yeah, I think roll is the best idea here. Fine. Yeah, makes sense. So my team is up on screen for podcast listeners. We have Ariolo in goal, Simakash, Gabriel, Cash, Mbwemo, Diaby, Bowen, Salah, Son, Watkins, Haaland. Two free transfers, 1.5 million in the bank. So a little bit more flexibility to than what Andy has got. First thing to say, I was quite impressed with Simakash at the weekend. I thought he was all right. I thought he did a much better okay. job. I thought, um, I thought Foden would tear him apart and I'd have the same issue. Mm. But I thought he was not bad in that game, which gave me a little bit more confidence. Like his performance against Brentford and then that. Let's see. Let's see if he plays on Thursday. But I think he's an okay hold for me for the next few. Gabriel, happy with. Diaby is pretty, like I'm pretty certain Diaby to Palmer will be one of my moves this week. Um, I can't do Diaby to Saka. I'm like 0.3 short of it, which is really annoying. How, how How many transfers? Sorry, you have one? Two. Two, okay. So you have to make one. Yeah. I, but like with DRB and Cash, with them playing Man City, etc. midweek, then I'm quite happy for DRB to go. Him being taken off at halftime as well. Chelsea at home to Brighton. Like if I don't do that transfer this week, with City, with what uh, DRB going to City next week, like I would just do it next week. So that's yeah. pretty comfortable that I'll do that this week. The only issue is, is it doesn't give me a route to Saka for Wolves at home this week. Which is then why I'm like, well, I have to sell Bowen or Son if I want him this week. And that's where the difficulty comes. I have Cash in there at the moment. Um, I don't love him, but there's a chance he stays for this game. And then I sell him. Mm. Um, I have Taylor, Sheffield United at home, sat first uh, first defender on my bench this week if worse came to the worst and I wasn't, and Cash wasn't going to play. Like I could play that. Like, I don't think it's any worse. Like people will be starting Palace defenders this week. I don't think it's any worse than than that. Like Burnley are pretty shook defensively, but yeah, I don't think it's any. Don't think it's the worst in the world because Sheffield United are not great as well. So my plan is midfield this week. Then I can turn my attention to fixing my goalkeeper and my defence from next week. So DRB to 
Palmer and then one of Bowen or Son to Saka will be my two moves this week. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting dilemmas. I, the first question I have for you is, uh, let's say Simakas plays 80 minutes plus on Thursday. I Don't say that. For, I mean, for, for other fellow Simakas yeah. owners, I think it, it'd be good advice. Like, what are you going to do? I mean... You'll just, you'll just start him? I think I'll just start him. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, I just look at and I don't think it's as obvious as that, but they're basically, they are um, Liverpool tape. So where are they? They are, so let's get the, I'm mumbling. Let me get the Europa League up. Where are they in their mm -hmm. group? So they're two points ahead of Toulouse. And is that who they play this week? Hang on. Matches. No, they play Did LS Gomez start this game? I mean, Gomez uh, could. City? They also... Oh, no, Gomez didn't start versus City. So maybe he starts. Yeah. But it could be neither of them because didn't they play a youngster in one of their Europa League games? They're playing the team that I think is bottom of their group as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping Simicast doesn't start. I'm hoping it's a home as well. Like, I hope they go fully changed for it. And then I, I mean, that's that's hoping. The The real if, question is, if, what if, if he does Sim play? If Simicast uh -huh. starts, I will start him again. I will, I will start okay. him against yeah, Fulham. Yeah. I think it's, um, I would do the same. Because mm. I think there's a decent enough chance. The, the, I suppose the question will come going into next midweek because it will be Sheffield United away midweek. Is then if he plays Thursday, then plays weekend, that will be the issue. But I can cross that bridge next week. So if Simicast plays, I will. Um, I'll still start him. It's if Cash plays on Thursday, then I might bench him. Nice. We have a doctor in the house. Doctor FPL says Kwanzaa will start. Yeah. So maybe, maybe... Didn't he play at centre-back the other day, though? Yeah, I'm they, not sure. they played... Um, oh, who was it? Oh, it's going to take me too long to find it. But they played um, Liverpool... Someone. I can't remember. Some left-back. I love that name, Dr. FPL. Can't get over it. <laughs> I don't know why I thought his name was Chambers, but I can't remember now. But anyway, they played someone young at there instead of Gomez and Simicas in one of their games. So... Maybe they'll do that again. So I, I'm hopeful that he doesn't play. But if he does, I'll still start him. When you came up with a FPL Harry, the name, have you? Did you consider doing a like Elias, like mine, or did you just? So I used to be. So um, I used to be FPL Tips. Um, oh really? I spent, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I spent mm -hmm. ages trying to decide what I wanted it to be, and then finally I just thought, ah, just make it easy, FPL Harry. What What were some contenders at the time? Just like more generic ones, like FPL advice or, or like some, not like that, but that sort of vibe. Um, yeah, it's good you laugh. It's good I didn't change it. It was yeah. Luke Luke Chambers is the guy who played. Luke Chambers, yeah. He played 70 minutes in that game against, uh, against Toulouse the last time. Dude, and you're they legendary. Won it. FPL tips. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the come up yeah so that like I think there's enough options that means Simicast might not start but if he does I'll still play him Gabriel like I don't know I'm more confident on Gabriel now than I've ever been he, they're not changing system that is the key thing for mm -hmm. me on Gabriel they are playing yeah, a fair. replacement to give him a rest and that is fine the players need rest they're not changing system to play party at right back to play someone else at like they're just making a like for like swap and that happens but i'm quite happy with gabriel at his price now
The, the issue at the start of the season nice. is they changed system. And that was mm -hmm. the concern. And that's why he wasn't playing. But now, like when he got benched the other week, it's because he got benched in the Prem and then Saliba got benched in the Champions League. If it had been the other way around, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. They both got okay. a rest one game apart. He didn't want to rest both in the same game. So we benched Gabriel against Sheffield United and benched Saliba in the Champions League. If it was the other way around, like we wouldn't, it wouldn't even be a, a point. So I'm, I'm quite happy with my defence this week. I understand that it's an issue going forward, but I'm okay with it this week. So let's focus on midfield. Music, I mean, music to my ears as a Gabriel owner. Yeah. Um, question. Uh, Cash, you think he starts? I mean, before the pod, you mentioned that yeah. potentially Emery doesn't start him so that Cash can play the next game against, yeah. I believe. I think, someone? I think the Thursday night will be a telling sign. He's hardly played any Europe on Thursdays so that he starts in the Prem. Um, but if he's going to play Man City and he starts on Thursday, then I might have a problem. Because um, I don't see, because I don't see him playing Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, and we know he's going to start City and Arsenal if he's available, right? We're pretty certain of yeah. that. So for me, he then only plays one of Thursday night and the weekend. And if he starts Thursday night, then I'll bench him. And if he starts doesn't start, then I'll probably start him. Yeah. I mean, I could sell him, but because I want Raya, a lot of people are saying cash to Saliba. If you can do that transfer, great. But I quite like going cash to Porro and getting Raya in goal over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to buy Porro this week, of course, because he's got Man City. So I will hold on to him and hope okay. he only drops in price once. Because if he drops twice, then I start losing more money on him. So the move you're making for sure is Diaby to Palmer. Yeah. And it's not just like, it's not just because of this week. It helps you fund the move for... It just helps me for going forward, but I know Trippier for that eventually. Yeah, yeah. but those for Chelsea fixtures from sixteen are so nice. But it's yeah. Brighton at home this week. Everyone, Brighton yeah. are yet to keep a clean sheet this week. Like I just, yeah, it's good. I just go and get it done. Yeah, Arsenal are playing the first game, so they it's they are. There's three games at three o'clock on Saturday. It's a later deadline. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we might. We might get stuff on Arsenal. Not that I'd expect any surprises, but yeah, it's true. Cool. Yeah, there's It's a last last point I want to make is um, the reason I asked that, Harry. Like, are you you're making that move for sure? Is last couple of weeks, if we didn't make moves, some some managers would have um, yeah. done better. Yeah, even so, that's the difficulty of having luxury transfers and no like real genuine transfers mm -hmm. to make. Um, sometimes it can backfire, but if you have two free transfers. Unless you're just playing chess, 40 chess, like most likely all of us are going to make a move, right? So yeah, it is what it is. Cool. We have been live for an hour and a half, um, which oh, I didn't really? realize. So wow. uh, yeah, a lot discussed there. Um, so we're just going to head off. We'll probably wrap up the stream there so it doesn't get too quite too long for anyone listening on, yeah, yeah. on podcast. How time flies. Um, cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Andy. Chat, I hope you have had uh, an enjoyable hour and a half with us. I hope we answered some things. The poll ended 60% Son, 40% Sell. So uh, yeah, let's see how we get on with that between now and next weekend about whether I keep him. And we'll discuss it this time next week. We'll be back next Monday with another episode of Burning Questions. Please make sure to like and subscribe before we go. 
And yeah, we'll see you all next week. See you guys. Thank you.